Hey guys, welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. So we don't have like these segmented things like, oh man, we got through communion and that was great. Now let's hear a sermon. We haven't, this is all one thing that we're doing here, whether it's singing, whether it's fellowship, any of these things. Um, so I, I made a dumb, dumb technological mistake. And um, like this is a 50 year old guy mistake here. I thought it's really neat. Let me do a presentation. Does anybody here use Canva? Yeah. Like, I like Canva. I love Canva. And it, I saw that you could do a presentation on Canva. And, and, but they're speaking to 20-year-olds when they say that. They're speaking to 30-year-olds. They're going, yeah, you technically can't do a presentation. Okay? But you have to be a computer engineer to actually get that thing to work in a public setting. Okay? So, listen, I have utilized my sons. You know, we, we have been downloading and uploading and doing all kinds of things. So uh, here we are. It's a dumb presentation compared to what it was. I mean, it was practically blowing up inside of the thing. It was so great. But God said, it's just going to have to be this way, okay? Um, so here's what we're chatting about. This idea of what did he mean? When I say what did he mean, I should have capitalized that H right there. What did Jesus mean when he said something? All right? It's really easy. I shared this on Thursday at our midweek. It's very easy for us to settle in to a faith based on our opinions, a faith based on what everyone else has told us, a faith devoid of anything in Scripture, right? And then an expectation that comes from that faith is that everyone else must also be okay with that faith, all right? Except that is not any way, shape, or form that Jesus entered into our world. All right, is one of the things that um, my hope is this semester moving forward is 
we're going to be able to lower down our defenses of our opinions and our entrenchments to what we have held so closely with. And some of them that we hold may be right, but one of the scariest times for any community of faith is when you start asking questions like, but what did he really mean here? It's really easy for us to come together and verbalize, hey, we agree with everything Jesus says. I mean, this is the, in, in, in our entire week, this will be the safest place to do it. We're just singing songs and we all agree nobody's going to hate you for praising God. And this is the easiest place to do it. Unfortunately, we almost find our greatest spiritual satisfaction by just doing it right in here. Right? But we've got to have the courage to ask ourselves, what did he mean? And one of the things I'm going to ask you to do is to drop your opinions and your ideas when they're faced with the truth of what Scripture teaches. All right? And now I understand, again, this is the easy place. Going, okay, I'm with you. That could be okay. Right? But there might be some things that start getting poked in there and, and, and be okay with something that it's, it's quite all right to get riled up right here as we hear the word, all right? Don't throw things at me, okay? Don't, if you run up here, I'm telling you, Stefan is gonna get you, okay? You think he's a far, you think he's far away, he's not, okay? But what I'm saying is, is, is sometimes God really convicts us most, and I think most of us in here have experienced this, when, when the truth hits, and, the, and what happens is we get angry. Right? We begin like, um, you know, that person must be ridiculous to say that. I, I knew that guy was a quack. We start kind of like taking it out on the messenger, and that's fine. Here's the deal is I'm called to be that messenger. That's okay with me yeah. as long as you do one thing for me, is that you come to an honest view that it isn't me that you're upset with. Right. Okay? If it's coming from God's word, it's, you have a bone to pick with God, and we're going to do that. We're going to work through that, okay? That isn't, that isn't to, make, to make you anxious or nervous, but it's the idea of dealing honestly with the scripture. And being able to go, man, I got really angry, and I called Keith all kinds of bad names in my head, and I wrote all kinds of things about him, but here's the deal. We're going to work through our stuff with God, and that's an okay thing to do, okay? That's, a, that's perfectly okay. That's what we're supposed to be doing as a community. And so starting out, we're, as we go on to everything, is this simple idea. Well, what did he mean? What did God mean when he put together this idea of the gospel of the kingdom? And this, this our own stubbornness is going to get in the way right here. I, I don't, again, I, I'm not technologically sound, but I guess that we could probably do some little app thing where everybody could do a survey and you could say, and most often what we would say is we would look at those words and go, I don't know, I recognize a couple of them. I'm not sure what they mean. It's a little archaic, you know, and all these things. But my guess, without like just pointing to you and having you say it out loud, uh, is that we might be a little bit off in these uh, definitions. Oh, no. That'd be great. Okay, Mark 1, verse 14. This is going to be the text that we're primarily working at up today. All right, Mark 1, verse 14. After John was arrested, so that's John the Baptist, okay? After John the Baptist was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee preaching the gospel of God. The time is fulfilled, 
The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the gospel. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. If you've been to church any amount of time, you've heard these different words, okay? And they may even be words to you that you thought, these are really good words. This is going to be fantastic. He was preaching the gospel of God. Okay? Except here's, here's where we begin. There is one gospel. Okay? We have to understand that very clearly. Paul was clear about it. Jesus was clear about it. God's been clear about it. There is one gospel, and the gospel isn't new to the New Testament. Actually, we're going to learn the gospel's been around since before anything, as well as the kingdom of God, okay? Here's where we start digging in, the American gospel, which isn't a real gospel, by the way, all right? Uh, but what I mean by that is when we hear the word, oftentimes we think, well, here's what Christianity must be about. Uh, the American gospel tells us, um, go to church and listen to things and find people to say what we want them to say so we can feel most comfortable. I mean, that's how, honestly, people choose churches. That's how campus students choose churches. That's how adults choose churches is, I don't want to go and be offended. I don't want somebody to tell me uh, what I want to do. We actually begin using words. Like, I don't want somebody to judge me, and I don't want all of those things. Right? And there can be something inside of us, and I'm asking you to examine yourself for that. I don't know. I'm not, I can't paint with some, like, super broad brush on everybody. But I think we can agree on something. All right? The state of the world as we see it is one that isn't being influenced very well by Christianity. Although we have a lot of different opinions on Christianity, and we have a lot of guys standing in my place that we figured it all out, and if we would just do X, Y, and Z, right? And so this was one of them that may, may plague us in here is, I want, talk to me about something that's going to make me feel okay and comfortable. Talk to me about something that's going to give me what I want, prosper. I want to be able to prosper. I want to be able to be a Christian and have good things. In fact, if I don't get good things, something must be wrong with God. All right? And finally, and, and you could take, pull this out further, but finally there's this idea of a gospel of non-discipleship, which is, simply put, a gospel that following Jesus is optional. Here's what may be helpful. When it comes to us living this out, the, the goal isn't to have this lived out from the front out. Okay? It truly is about a community of people rallying around what God says. Okay, And so when we start hearing things like the non-discipleship gospel and the prosperity gospel and the gospel of comfort and convenience above all else. When we start hearing that, we have to begin speaking up. Like, we have to begin to say, hold on a minute, this isn't, and I'm about to show you where we can look for this. But we have to be very clear, right, that these aren't what Jesus was talking about. Oftentimes when we hear the word gospel, we equate it with a couple of things. We equate it with a term like, he died for our sins. That would be most of us. That would be what we would say. Well, he died for our sins. He, he lived, or we may string it out a little bit further. We go, that's the gospel. 
Except it may surprise us that that isn't the intent of what Jesus was trying to get across as he taught this. It wasn't the intent of God from the beginning. To be this idea of, hey, he died for your sins. Now, consume that and go and live a life of comfort and prosperity. If you try to do good, that's great, but it's not necessary, right? Except what we're going to see is it's absolutely necessary, okay? Absolutely, 100%. Here's the gospel. This truly is that word. So if you're into original languages, euangelion, that's like the Greek word we use, and it just simply means good announcement. It's pretty simple. But Keith, you, you did die for us. Don't be stubborn. I, I, I'm not. Here's the reason why I'm saying this, and I'm being so kind of like, like stubborn on my own regard on this, is we don't accomplish what God wants, and we don't join him in his work unless we lower down our own stubbornness to join him. We don't get to be stubborn and say, I want the results of the kingdom of God. All right? And so you go, but man, this is, here's the deal. The announcement of the king. Now, traditionally, we would say the announcement of a new king. Except here's the interesting thing. The gospel from the beginning is God has always been king. And he has continually, like, broken into the world to show us that, no, I'm showing you, I am the king. It doesn't matter what you see around you. Right? That, that's why getting wrapped up in, like, Political garbage is so ridiculous Amen. because it makes no sense if we're a people that are saying, no, we're a people of the gospel of God's kingdom. And we're saying, no, he is the king and he's been breaking in. Now, now here's the deal. Here's the problem why it's not total yet is because there's still people you can still choose to not be in the kingdom. You can still make that choice, but it's the announcement of a king and a new way of life. Maybe you didn't know that. Any number of churches, I mean, honestly, so much of what we hold most dear is based on the opposite of this. It's just believe in him, and you're going to be okay. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like if we don't drop the stubbornness, we can't join God. Because if he's saying, let's go back passages here. If, he's, if Jesus is saying he came preaching the gospel of God, if Jesus himself is coming into the world and he's saying, listen, I'm the king, I'm here and I bring a new way of life. And we go, no, Jesus, what you meant is we should just believe in you. Okay? No, no, no. What you meant is that the gospel just means like generic good news. So anything that's good in the world, we could go, man, that's good news. That must be from Jesus. Except those aren't either of the things that he's talking about. He's saying he came in preaching the gospel of God, preaching this idea of, hey, the king is here, and I'm bringing a way of life with me. And this way of life is absolutely going to be the way that evil is dealt with in the world. It's going to be a little different than we notice it. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the gospel. Right, so simply put, just very easily, it, it, now you could, you could go further, okay? So let's go back to this. This is a very concentrated version. 
We could continue to tell. If somebody were to want to sit down and study the Bible, you could go on to this entire Bible study on what are the implications of the king coming and saying, hey, I'm here and I have a new way of life. And we could go further and talk about the characteristics of the king and what he's expecting of his kingdom and why he came and all of these things. But to start out with, we have to take kind of that very simple, that very simple. So, so again, when you go home, when you're with your family, when you say, oh man, the gospel is great. Believe in him because he died for our sins. Go, no, 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 you just stop something. Stop right there. Okay. And I know this is one of those things going, Keith, why are you going off against like what all of Christianity says? Because what all of men say doesn't get to like be what we take, right? We're here to follow the word of God. And, and, and I get it. You can go, man, listen, there's all kinds of ways that you could be like, I'm saying just this understand the beginning part of this. We haven't dug in completely, but you're going, you know what, the gospel, the king is here, and he is bringing his way of life. That, that, and that is wonderful news. The more we dig in, and we're going to, we're going to dig in further, okay? So here's the, so we move on to this idea of the gospel of the kingdom, and we're going to put the pieces together as we go. So it's kind of like a Lego set here for a second, all right? We're just going to take a couple of different things. The kingdom. Now, the fascinating thing is, is the kingdom, if Jesus didn't come and say, when he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, he wasn't saying like it was never around. He wasn't saying it's going to be a new thing at some point. It's interesting. His wording of the kingdom of heaven is near. It isn't a timeline wording. What I mean by that is when I tell you the Lord is near, what do you think? The Lord is near. Jesus going, the kingdom of heaven is near. Okay? That doesn't mean you're just in it. Okay? But it's the idea of the kingdom of heaven is near. It's been here forever. The first words that God spoke, when he said, hey, let there be light, he exerted his authority over everything else. That's what kings do. Right? Everything he spoke from the very first chapter of Genesis, God was revealing, I am the king. I say, and you want to know what? Whatever's out there begins coming into creation. All right? He's been breaking in little by little by little. But part of it is we have to be able to be open enough to see how has that kingdom been like emerging into our world, okay? Is from the beginning of creation. That's like the no-brainer. Everything obeyed him once he said it. All right, he, he's from the beginning, man, the gospel of the kingdom existed. All right, the king is here. And boom, I have authority over these things. He was... Sovereign over time. How do you think we got to the place we are right now? All right. The, the sovereignty of God has been shown throughout time. Okay. When we read a genealogy, like have, how many people have read either of the genealogies, either in Matthew or Luke before? All right. That, thank you for the two of you that have not skipped over that. Three. Okay. <laughs> thank you for that. 
But here's a message in that genealogy, is God is sovereign over time. Like, I will get people where people need to be to do what needs to happen in this universe for my kingdom to reign. We struggle with that a little bit. Because we start to go, oh man, well, how do we know he's not just moving parts? He is. That doesn't mean that we don't have some kind of choice in the matter. That doesn't mean that we don't choose to follow him. But believe me, from the beginning, he has intervened. He has intervened through any of these folks, priests and prophets and kings, right? Jesus came as a, you remember the priest that he was like? Anybody remember that weird dude? Melchizedek? He said Abraham was, and he's like, Jesus came. Well, where did Melchizedek from? God is like, I'm work. Listen, believe me. When all is said and done, people are going to be able to look back and see my fingerprints all over history. Like Melchizedek, a prophet like Moses. Did you know Moses was a prophet? In Deuteronomy 18, that was what was said, is that the new king would reign and he would be a better version of the prophet of Moses. And we have kings. He's working. How did he get David? How did he choose David? Okay? And, and, and when you start looking back at lineages, you start going, hold on a minute. You mean David? Man, Ruth came from what? If you, if you don't know, this is what's exciting. You're going, oh my goodness, God has worked through his people. He's worked through other people. He's worked through his enemies. Like God has shown from the beginning, he is the king. He is absolutely sovereign over all. He's worked through the birth and the death and the resurrection of a man, of his son. Right? Do you remember, if you want to talk about how deep his fingers are in this, when, 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 when Joseph wasn't sure about hanging out with Mary after he found out he was, she was pregnant, you remember what God did? I'm sending you an angel to tell you. Okay, like that God is going, when I'm the king, I can do, because Joseph, I don't want you talking to all these other people. I'm sending you an angel. You mean God can do that? Absolutely. Why do we think he wouldn't? The, the God of the universe, the ultimate king and the sovereign king and working through the choices of people. And then we have the church, God's people who are we're supposed to be called out of the world. And this is where it gets it gets tricky, okay? Because we're going, it would be great if the church and the kingdom were exactly the same thing. Except here's the deal. There have been plenty of people who have been ministers and evangelists and deacons and elders and brothers and sisters and all these things that have had no, none whatsoever, any desire to be under the rule and reign of Jesus. Okay, and you see how that can get kind of sticky because if I'm not if I'm not interested in being under the reign and rule of Jesus, then all of a sudden I start going, guys, this is what we're going to do, and this is what the church is going to do, and this is what we're going to be about. We're like, oh well, man, he must be right because the kingdom can't be wrong. No, no, no. Here's the deal. This is the checks and balances on all of us. Is we are under the rule and reign of Jesus in the kingdom of God, and he's called us out, except you want to, here's the interesting thing, and it's not just here, it's in every single community of faith in the world. 
And Jesus even addressed this. Everyone sitting in there is not in the kingdom. Sitting in a church does not bring you into the kingdom of God. That's a pretty, that's a pretty huge doctrinal point today. If you go to church, the least God could do is save us. All right, let, let me, let's put that into like proper English. God, I gave up an hour for you each Sunday. What are you going to do for me? Does that sound like the gospel of the kingdom? Does that sound like a king? And he's going, I just am so desperate for people to like me that I'm just kind of like, God, they just give up an hour and I will be so happy with that. Oh my goodness, that's not a God. That's not any God. All right? If we're following that God, we really are idolaters. We are worshiping a God with no power. Okay? But this idea of, man, as, as a church, we're supposed to be going, we are under his rule and his reign. And we must be used and join him as a tool of his in this world. Okay? So the best way to put it is, the kingdom is now, the kingdom is here, the church is part of the kingdom, and not fully yet because God is going to send Jesus back. And that's when everything changes. Where, where everything is judged, where Everything is separated, and all that's left is the kingdom of God. Everything is made new at that point. All of these things should be, in my view, very good news for us. All of these things. I mean, can you imagine being in that place, and you're like, we're here. All things are made new. There's no sin, and there's no adversary. There's no persecution. There's no peer pressure. There isn't anything. It's just, it's just communion with God. Right? That is really, really, really good news. But God has been showing himself as king through all of these, all of these kind of iterations. He's been breaking into the world. Okay. And so what's going to be really important for us as we see as we as we kind of stack a few more blocks onto this is to see that. Me and you don't get to tell God how to do his kingdom. We don't get to do it, right? We don't get to say, God, when I kind of am okay, then I'll do what you say. This is where the difficult part is because here's the deal. All of us in here, there, there are things in our head, we're a mess. We are. We are absolutely a mess. But we have to be very clear when God says, this is the way my kingdom will be. He's not saying, man, unless you are 100% perfect immediately, that's not what he's saying. But unless you, by faith, trust that and live in it, you can't be in my kingdom. And this is what becomes very difficult because in our, in our empathy, in, in our empathy, we want to be able to go, man, you know, as long as you want it and try for it, that's what gets you in the kingdom. And that's not true. What, what, what marks us in the kingdom by his Holy Spirit is the posture of going, it doesn't matter what I think or feel or believe, I want to join you. And in those times when I'm falling short, I, I, will, I, I haven't stopped that and I will... Teach me, and I will follow and be conformed to you. 
All right, it has everything to do with the stance of humility. Except it's interesting, and, and one of my favorite things is I, I've worked on college campuses. Me and Abby worked on college campuses for a long time, and I love it because there's such a vibrant level of like give and take, and people want to talk. But I'm going to tell you, man, when it comes to humility, it isn't in existence. It's like, no, we're going to sit down, we're going to fight this out. Instead of going, hold on a minute, what does the word say? And, and I'm just your servant. Let, let me drop my stubbornness. Let, let me drop my doctrine that I always thought must be true. <laughs> All of the things that my family believed were true. Let me let me lower those because here's the interesting thing. It's not, it's not because anything was wrong with your family. But don't miss out. Don't miss out on the opportunity to be a messenger to your family. And you know what ends up happening is we're stubborn. We're going, now God's plan could be, I want you to get into your family and share this. And we're going, I won't. I will not do it. I will not. not to, no one, we shouldn't have to do anything in the kingdom of God. And, and if that's the viewpoint, then I really encourage you to have some time with God himself and tell him that. Okay? Tell him that obedience does, should not matter to him. Okay? Tell him that, that following his kingdom way should not matter to him. That we have handcuffed God and going, no, 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 I got you. I've said a prayer and now you're handcuffed because you'll never get rid of me. doesn't matter what I do. Okay? We have perpetrated a crime on God. Okay, and there, believe me when I say this, there is no way if, if the desire isn't to see our, our community join with God to battle the evil that's in this world, right? If, if that isn't what we want to do, then there's probably a really good chance that there's another group to go and find. Because we can say, we, man, I've been a part of it before. Sit around and go, man, I just want to just tell me things that make me feel great. But we're in a war. Like where people want our souls and, and adversary wants our children's souls. Right? This kingdom has been breaking in and will continue and continue and continue until Jesus comes back. Right? But here's the interesting thing. Let me go all the way back here. Right? He says this. Repent. Again. You mean we have to do something? Here's what I hear a few times a week. The, the blood of Jesus is enough. Anything else is heresy. Believe me, if you haven't heard that, you're not speaking to people. Okay, that's the anthem of church today. Is, is if you're talking about, hold on a minute, God calls us to repentance. No, 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 no. If it's anything more than the blood of Jesus, it's not what I'm following. Seriously, I'm going to ask you to go talk to people this week and just talk about this idea of we're, we are called to repent. There isn't entrance into the kingdom ever without repentance. Okay? It's never been that way. And it's not okay for us to go, there's a different way. All right? There's not going to be a grandfathering in at some point. God going, man, they're really good people. Okay? He's saying, no, the kingdom is so good. In fact, you're going to miss out on the goodness of God. By making up our own rules. Repent and believe in the gospel. God, I love that. Believe in 
the gospel, it's not as easy as we think, especially when you're talking about repent. Okay, well, what does that mean? Rethink how you think about things and conform to the king's way of thinking. Re rethink how we think. Right? So, think about what? Well, when the king comes and he's saying, hey, I've got this kingdom and this kingdom way of life. And in fact, if you ever want to just get a really great curriculum on the kingdom way, it's the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. It's the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, it is like 15 minutes of like the beautiful view of what kingdom living is. And so when he's saying rethink how we think about our priorities. And are they conformed to God's? And, and I know this is tough. But that means the priority of school. That means the priority of work. That means the priority of money. Rethink that. Like, I've got to think and think, how do I conform to the king's way of thinking? Because what he tells us in the Sermon on the Mount is, seek first the kingdom of God. Unfortunately, here's the tough thing. When all is said and done, the church could whittle down like four people. <laughs> but the point, that doesn't matter. The, the reason why I say that is because seeking first the kingdom of God is meant to like excite our souls. In fact, Jesus taught it in response to anxiety that we hate. Seek first the kingdom, but oftentimes it's sadness to our souls. Because it means that, oh, you mean, but, but I really want what I want. This is the conformity to him to do life in the kingdom way. When he says repent and believe the gospel, repent and believe the king and his way of life. Be loyal to that. Live in that. Live in that way of life. It does mean a repentance and a rethinking of what are my priorities. I need to get rich. Right? Right? Like me and Abby are in the process as we've worked through our finances over the last year. Here's the interesting thing. We sit down with financial people. And they go, man, you really got to make sure that you got to put so much money away that you got to keep your current, like, you, listen, keep your current way of life after retirement. Like, that's what we got. You got to put so much money away. This is not financial advice, by the way. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a mental health counselor, okay? But, but here's what I know will matter. Right? Maintaining my way of life after retirement is not being in the kingdom of God. Okay? It's okay to. It's fine. Okay? It's not like you have to be a pauper. But if my priority is, man, this is I've got to pour these things in because I've got to be rethinking how I think about my things and my time and my money and my opinions. This is this is crazy, and I know here's what will be the pushback. You mean you have to think about all this stuff before you come into his kingdom? Why wouldn't you? Be very careful. Okay? Be very careful that our doctrine doesn't slowly skew over to going. Just believe in it. But, but why wouldn't you? And we would go, but what about in the book of Acts? Cornel what about Cornelius? And what about... Here's the deal. 
This is our, this is our stubbornness. We want every single situation in every single time that's ever occurred in the history of the world to be equal. And when has that ever been promised? Do you know Cornelius or Philip or any of these guys? Do you know these guys that were like, but all he did, you know, the Ethiopian eunuch, he was just like, there's water. Why shouldn't I get baptized? Okay, well, talk to me about your relationship with him. But here's what we do, and I just want to caution us to say, what about the Ethiopian eunuch? And now we've got to make sure to not ask too many questions. It's us being the king, the king of God's kingdom. Because we're saying nothing Jesus taught mattered for real. What matters is a guy that saw water and got in it. But that's not true. That's not true. If we're expecting equality throughout, then we aren't reading the Bible the way it's meant to be read. Our goal is not to match up every conversion experience and go, okay, ours now have to look that way. Because Jesus didn't even subscribe to that. When he met the rich young ruler, he did not say, hey, here's a tub of water, man. Hey, just follow me. It's going to be okay. He's like, I'm sorry. Sell everything. Okay? If, 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 if we want to condense this into two words, sell everything. Sell everything. Our opinions, our grasp on time and money. Sell everything. Okay, that was what we could be condensed to, except you have to go into like the reality of talking to one another about our things and our time. And Jesus said, You want to know what in the kingdom, what it's going to be like with our enemies is we love them. We love our enemies in the kingdom, but I won't do that. I hate Democrats, I hate Republicans, I hate people who are the enemies of America. I hate them. Then this is where we're going to help each other. Is to understand that is an ideal outside of the kingdom of God. It's not okay in the kingdom of God. And I get how deeply these things can be held. But, but there is no wiggle room to have enemies that we say we won't love them, okay? Or we talk about retaliation. There, there isn't an opening for retaliation. There's giving the other cheek and walk the extra mile and all of these things. Right? And I know they go against our, our CNN and Fox News gospel. Okay? But they didn't, those guys aren't kings That's right. of the kingdom. Yeah. Rethinking how we think about relationships and sexuality. In a dating relationship, is it okay to be in sexual, like be in a sexual relationship? No. No. Our response is oftentimes, man, I'm trying to working on it. There's no working on it. Okay? If I'm breaking into Stefan's house every night of the week. Every night? Yes. And I'm like, I'll keep looking for all the money, okay? And I'm breaking in, and I'm, I'm and, and he goes, dude, stop breaking into my house. Dude, I'm working on it. I only did it three times this week. That's crazy. You see what I'm talking about? What I'm saying is we have to rethink how we think about things. And go, what's God's way of thinking? His way of thinking is, here's the deal, is, is, is very plain and simple, not political in any way, shape, or form, is the sexual relationship is absolutely built for a very, very specific 
relationship of a man and a woman in marriage. Amen. That's as simple as it gets. There's no if, ands, or buts about that. Rethink how you think. And unfortunately, we live in a world, you may go, I won't believe that to be true. (laughs) And again, that's a conversation we have to have with God. And go, no, God, I know you're a king, but you're wrong. And you don't know. And I won't do it. This This is hitting us, right? Uh, rethinking our idea of obedience and our way of life. Obedience has been around from the beginning. Go, but Keith, here's the deal is, is it's been abused for so many years, like people have been told to do things and just be blindly obedient. And so therefore, we've got to rethink that. What I'm going to ask us to do is let's just stop thinking about how they messed up and actually embrace the goodness of what God has said. But people have used it for bad things. Okay, let's not do that but not to throw it out with everything, okay? Got way more slides. We're going to stop here. Mark 1, after John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee preaching the gospel of God. King is here. And I have a new way of life. See, that always is a joyful thing to the oppressed. It's always a joyful thing to people who are in prison. It's always a joyful thing for people who are blind and can't see. When somebody comes along and says, no, I've come for a new way of life, and that way of life is going to set you free. See, prisoners, that sounds good to a prisoner. It oftentimes doesn't sound good to us because we think we're free already. Like, I don't need to be set free of anything. I can see. I'm not oppressed. The world's been great to me. Has it? In any relationship I've ever had in the world that hasn't conformed to the kingdom of God has been absolutely devastating. It's been full of gossip and drama and anger and fighting. And you think you make up, but you can't trust one another. And abuse. And using people and all that. Man, there's a new way of life. It's not going to be good news if we think, I've already got it pretty good. We're, we're going we're gonna to jump right off from that slide right here. Okay, uh, This one, we're going to jump off next week and we're going to keep going into this. What's in order is humility. Maybe there was something that we saw and you thought, man, I'm not down with that. I never saw it that way. I don't see how that's good. Like, how, how could he say that? Right? The, the humility to go, listen, let me sit down and learn more about that. Because here's the truth of the matter is, is you don't know, but I could be wrong too. Right? The goal isn't that I get you to agree with me but then we look at the word of God and go, he actually said that. That's actually what he meant by that. And I always thought it was something different. Right? That's an okay thing. Yeah. But secondly, here's what I would ask us to do is to take the next week, and if you don't do this already, I'm going to ask you to do it. Is every morning taking some time to meditate on the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. 
right? We call it the Lord's Prayer, or some of you may come from a place that call it the Our Father, or something like that. And not just to say it, but that's a prayer of surrender, okay? That's a prayer of discernment. That's a prayer of desire. God, we want your kingdom to come. We want your will to be done. We want it to be done here just like it is in heaven. It's a prayer of dependence. This is what I'm going to ask us to do as a community because here's the deal. Our goal isn't to just gut this thing out and make it as hard as we can and whoever works the hardest wins. But that we begin actually practicing what Jesus told us to practice. And when he said, I want you to pray this way, it's not just to say the prayer and then move on, but to stop and really allow the prayer to dig into our hearts. If you're not sure where to find that, you can look over in Matthew chapter 6. And um, you have a copy of it right there that you can look through. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. Okay. But that's got to be how we battle this thing. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC.